Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Achievers, and welcome to episode 25 of the Next Level Author podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step by step progress <laughs> as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every week is Daniel Wilcox. And you're actually here. And what we again. haven't done ahead of time is worked out whether or not we're going to be looking at the camera I know. or looking at each other. I know, we always do this, well, always, like it's a regular always. thing. It's the second time we've done it. Yeah, so for people listening who don't realise, we are actually in the same room, sat on the same bookcase bench as each other. <laughs> this time we're in my other house, I nearly said apartment then, rather than your house. So, hey buddy. Hey, how's it hey, going? Hey, it's good. How yeah? are you? Good. Yeah. I, uh, I think I mentioned last week that I was doing a bit of a, an author on the road thing. So this is me being an author on the road. I've not, yeah. I've snuck by to see you as well. Yeah. Obviously the most important person your whole week. Clearly, that's why you have the least amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bastard, <laughs> bastard. So I'm afraid we're gonna have to have our phones because um, we're recording on Waiting one for computer. A call from a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Or your um is it your colonic irrigationist? Colonic irrigation, yeah, yeah, that's that yeah. was it, yeah. Yeah, they've run out of loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this podcast has already gone downhill. Um, so yeah, the point I was gonna make <laughs> there, there, it's all right, is that um usually we have our running schedule and all our comments and stuff on screen. Unfortunately, they are on our phones today. So yes, for those who are watching on YouTube, that is why we are looking at our phones every so often. Um, okay, so check in. How how has your week on the road been? It's been good. It's been um nice actually being able to travel around and see some friends and I've managed to fit in work as I go along but it has worked out a bit harder than well I kind of I, w- I was in two minds as to whether or not I'd be able to like really be disciplined with it and really make it work mm-hmm. or whether I'd let myself off a little bit with you know because it's a few of the people that I saw I've not seen in a long time um or I don't see that often so um I, I sniff a forfeit no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Easy. look you just gave me was spectacular. So I've, I've, I've kept on top of stuff. Um, we're recording this a day earlier, and I've already mm-hmm. told you in advance that I had everything planned up until Friday. So I've still got 24 hours. If I have failed by tomorrow, I will dutifully do a forfeit. Excellent. Um, of course, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good actually traveling around, seeing people, um, and just reaping the benefits of this kind of work as well. And um, like for example, I was, one of my one of my friends went off and got a tattoo, and while he was having his tattoo done, um, I sat in like an outside cafe thing, just as it was. It was Monday. It was just really, really warm weather. The sky was beautiful. Sun was going down. I just sat in the evening to do a bit of work while. Was that... I I I saw your um, post. Uh, I think it was on Instagram, and you had yeah, and I beautiful loved your stuff. like whiskey and fire. Yeah, I thought that was actually like a really classy photo. Oh, well thank done, you, buddy. thank well you. Well done. Yeah. I'm I'm just in our Facebook group because I can't actually remember what our accountability was, so I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna screenshot this so that we do actually know what we were supposed to be doing That's this week. Fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, how's your week been? 
amazing. Uh, well, okay, so it was really, really hard until yesterday. Uh, so for those who have been following the progress of me and my son, um, we did not have him in a school and yesterday, I accosted the postman, like literally accosted the postman. So he pulled Stop. up. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he pulled up outside and my office faces the street. So I saw him pull up and I was out the fucking house like a shot in my hot pants and tank top, like barely dressed. And I was like, yo, posty, you've got posts for me, haven't you? And he was like, oh no and I was like what and he was like I'm only joking and I was like you're a bastard I like you <laughs> uh, what a devious bastard I loved it uh, but anyway so he handed me um a letter and lo and fucking behold we have a school place not only do we have a school place this was yesterday remember my son is at school today Fuck yeah, freedom! I have my <laughs> life back. Like genuinely, like this. The end of this week, I'm not going to get much done. Like you're here, and tomorrow I've got back-to-back -back, um, like uh, meetings and podcasts. Um, but going forward, like I'm super excited for what that means mm -hmm. for my time. Yeah, just to set context for anyone who might be joining us for the first episode, it makes you a terrible mother. Yeah. Do you want to? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, so just to clarify, saving you. yeah, thanks. Oh, you shit mother, no. Okay, so I adore my son, obviously, I love my son deeply. Um, but he's been obviously because of lockdown and corona, uh, I have been full time parenting more or less since March. No, not more or less, actually, since March because we moved house in June and the district would not allow us to have my son start school, district 13. This is not the Hunger Games. Um, <laughs> it might be later, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so the, the council area would not let me uh, start our son in July. So we had to wait until September. So he's actually been off school for like six, seven months. And um, he didn't start uh, at school at the same time as everybody else. And it's been really bad for his mental health. Like he's genuinely suffered. Like he's, a, he's much more of an extrovert than I could ever be. And he loves people. Ooh. And he loves, um, <laughs> I'm really joking, sort of. Yeah, I mean, I anyway, and um, he's really, you know, I've had days where he's been crying because he, you know, mommy, I don't have any friends. And, you know, that's horrible. That is heartbreaking for me. Um, and also, he has a voracious appetite for learning anyway. So he's when I, bright. he is bright. And when I um, told him that he was going to school the next day, he literally screamed, like screamed and ran around because he was that excited. So, yeah, I am delighted because A, he, you know, is going to have routine and friends and the opportunity to learn. And also, I'm going to have uninterrupted work time. Yay! <laughs> I am also very, very, very fucking excited. It's for. a power of routine, isn't it? Just knowing what's coming up rather than sort of being all over the place. Yeah. And like, so I have less working time now than I used to. So previously, before all of this corona bullshit, mm. I had like seven to eight working hours a day um, because we'd put him in breakfast club so I got an extra hour so I usually work from eight until three and then like occasionally like you know my mum might have him or whatever so I'd have like a little bit extra now breakfast club is already full because you have to get it like before yeah. term starts and stuff but I so I'm only going to get six hours a day to run more than a full-time business in but it's fine because you've been you know, doing it on half an hour a day. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm just delirious. Like it's amazing how much you appreciate what you 
are given or what you have when you've had so much taken away. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I am in a state of extreme gratitude right now. Yeah. Mm. Boom. So what are we supposed to do now? Oh, a thing of the week that you have enjoyed. I'm just going to go with traveling around, seeing some people. Nice. Um, yeah, just as simple as that. Just going on the road, being able to sort of catch up, some really good friends just crashing at their houses and um, having having fun, really. Cool. I'm going to, this is a dick move on my behalf, I'm afraid. So I can tell you afterwards, but I can't tell everybody else. So uh, one of the books ah. that I have been judging for um, a very prestigious competition that I can't also name, well, I might be able to name, but I, don't, I haven't actually asked if I can talk about it, so I'm not going to. Um, I've been enjoying one of the books and it's really, really good. And I can't, I can't tell you about it. So once, um, once the competition's over and I'm allowed to talk about it, I will give you guys the link and tell you what it is. But yeah, it's, it's really good. And I mean, I it's good it that one of the books that you're judging is good. <laughs> well, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a mixed bag. So um, That's the thing I always find difficult about judging as well, because you have to look through a particular lens on behalf mm, of the panel. But at mm. the same time, obviously, you have your own preferences. So... Well, they've given us criteria of what to look for. So that's what I'm basing my, like, it's good or it's not yeah. good on. So, yeah. uh, but also my own enjoyment. Like, I think that's a big part of, you know, how much am I enjoying it? Therefore, does it match that criteria? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Weekly confessional. Okay. Let me get the, so you were supposed to, here we go. One second. You were supposed to have completed When Winter Comes Five and put it in the hands of beta readers picked up the final stories it picked the final stories for his an anthology and will keep in line with his production schedule yes to when winter comes five that went off to betas yeah, uh betas darling betas beta you're so northern it's greek i don't that it is greek okay fine it is great but it's still beta <laughs> anyway keep going i mean i grew up in essex and i still called it beta then and essex is more south than you'll ever be um <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the point? So yeah, it went off to to Beta readers on Tuesday, and uh, so I'm feeling good about that because that brings me. I think um, originally with this book, I was aiming for seven episodes, but I do think that the characters are forcing me to go into an end now. So I'm going to do one more book in that series that might be a bit longer than the other ones, um, not longer than the first one. Um, and wrap it up so it might even be finished earlier than I planned, which is nice because I, nice. I don't want to stretch out a story just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, and then with my anthology, I've narrowed down 177 submissions to 21. I've now narrowed 21 down to 16, and I've got the final 16 on my Kindle, and I'm rereading through them and making notes and trying to be a lot more critical because the first read was obviously just is it instant you know, gut reaction? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and that was actually what I, one of the things I did. So I actually. What I did was any that I felt were good and had merit, I put into a folder called for consideration. Mm -hmm. And by the time that was done, I had about 30 stories in there. And then before I reread any of them, once I'd read through all the stories, I went straight to that folder. And what I did was I went to all of the titles where I could read the name and I remembered instantly what they were. Mm -hmm. Can I can I suggest something? Sure. So do you still have the ones that are in for consideration? In yes. The so I think you should differentiate your feedback. I am. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, those that got into the four considerations. Deserve to know they've done well. Yeah. And, like, maybe if you can pull out 
five or six generic points or you know three generic oh. points to say you know <laughs> it, you got yeah. to this level because either you did x y or yeah. z or you did a b or c you know um and then the same for those that didn't get even to the through the first loophole just to say you know the reasons are because either you did do yeah. because you never get quality feedback like that you know um no i'm, I'm not yeah, I'm definitely not going to like individualize everything. No, 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 but I don't think you no, should. No, I, I totally agree that um, there needs to be something. And like I said last time, I'm, I, I'd, I'd like to make a point with, with my company of actually acknowledging people who have taken the time to send in stories because mm. I think the norm being, oh, if you don't hear anything from us, then be checking if it's recording. <laughs> no, I was adjusting myself because I kind of like slipped oh, down. <laughs> so the norm being uh, that you just don't hear if, if you're unsuccessful. I just, it just, it just kills me. Um, mm. So, yeah, so yeah, I've narrowed it down to 16. Depending on story length, it could be anything from five stories to eight stories that are picked. So I've got a few where I'm like, okay, I think I'm definite on these. And then a few that I'm playing around with. So that and then production schedule. Um, one thing I do need to do tomorrow is go very hard on words to, to keep up with, with that because I didn't get as much done as I wanted to do this week. But you have to get like 30,000 words written tomorrow. 12. Oh fucking hell! Seriously, shit. That is a lot. Make it happen. You will make it happen. I have absolute faith. You can smash out like eight k with barely breaking a sweat. So I don't think twelve is going to be that hard for you. We'll see. It will be a stretch, but yeah, like, yeah. I it, like, it, have full faith that you. Yeah, can it's totally it. day dependent as well. Because yeah. if you wake up and you just not got energy, it's very difficult. But yeah. Yeah. Make no, you're going to wake up and you're going to be buzzing tomorrow. Be buzzing. Though. You are going to be buzzing. Be off high up this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was um, your accountability? Oh, Sasha will finish the slide decks and make progress on her course. I did that. Yeah, I oh, did. Yeah. So my friend is um, like proofreading them and just she, there was a couple of things formatting wise that she didn't like, so she is changing that for me. Um, and I have made progress because I have recorded one and a half modules as well so i am making progress on that that's pretty nice. cool yeah uh read a lot of pages for her judging so i can't had i finished the first book last time we spoke no, no. okay so i'm now 1.5 books yeah. through in fact 1.6 books through <laughs> uh, and there's five books so um i'm probably a fraction behind where I want to be uh but possibly a, fra a fraction ahead <laughs> of where I thought I'd be nice yeah mm -hmm. so um yeah and then complete one full edit of a whip so by full edit that you see those post-its up yes. there that's what I mean by an edit mm -hmm. um and I completed about 12 so fuck yeah nice um, smashing through stuff yeah yeah so I don't get a forfeit this week. Oh, I finished a day early. <laughs> I'll check in with you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okie dokie. So let's have a look. Uh, comments. That's over to you. Over to me with comments. So last week's question was. How I do you hone your craft? How do you hone your craft? Yeah. Yes. Do you know what? I just don't realise. I, I haven't actually formulated the question in my head. So I'm going to have to like think in my brain now. You meditate. Okay. <laughs> So how do you hone your craft? And Scott Kavanagh says, you had me with the word craft. This is something I find difficult to balance as a new author with limited time to spend on writing in between family and work. I love reading craft books, but don't find time to do all of the end of chapter drills or practice questions. 
I found workshops that have assignments that need handing in have been a better option for me as the extra cost and deadlines forced me to do them. I also focus on one thing that I'm going to practice when writing each story. Um, that was one thing we didn't hit last last week was how how to do it basically when you do have limited time because it, Scott's right you can't just go away and just you know machine gun everything that you want to learn it has to be very very deliberate this is mm. and I'm similar when I'm when I'm writing particularly with short stories there'll be a particular thing that I focus on that I'm like see if I can work this in or, or develop mm. that uh Victoria LK Williams says I listen to audiobooks on craft podcasts and really pay attention to what my editor and beta readers have to say very very key uh, Kerry Hardisky says, I just keep reading and writing. I have some great writing friends in my close circle that I trust as my alpha reader. So they see the real rough stuff and give great feedback. And then Edwin says, my biggest source of new or inciting material is the number of writing related podcasts in my listen queue. As I write or edit, I do my best to apply new bits of information that come my way. Resources such as the Emotion Thesaurus are a constant companion during these times. I have booked a content edit for my whip, knowing I will learn from the challenging feedback I can expect from my evil content editor. <laughs> Edwin, editor, if you're listening to this, don't take that personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, all, all fantastic. It's, it seems to be obviously like the key parts are reading and writing, yeah. which I think is kind of like hopefully a given as a writer. Mm. Um, but definitely just that, that part about deliberate and knowing what you're trying to adjust and looking for those key parts to, mm. to develop yourself further. So yeah, that was exactly. Oh, now question of the week. No, I still haven't formulated um okay so i might like just ask the question and then we might have to slightly rephrase it for the audience i think because i'm gonna ask a question wide enough that you can answer like a number of ways i'm not just okay shush sasha get on with it <laughs> okay so um the question is what over the course of your life what has your relationship with money been I like? I knew this was coming. Yeah, I... Okay, so the size out of the way. Um, also, oh my God, I have released a book on money this week, so we should probably talk about <laughs> it. At the end, will you remind me? Okay, yes. Oh, what a fail. Very, subject. very useful. Yeah, what a, what a relevant Genuinely question. Not yeah, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay so my relationship with money i'm trying to think um so i don't think all right let me start let, rather than start from the beginning i'll start at a point where i feel like everything you were born i was born 26th <laughs> of march 1991 at approximately 12 30. i love that we're both pisces i'm an aries but that's fine are you actually yeah no I mean, yeah <laughs> <laughs> when's, when's the cross off are you only just an aries I don't believe I don't that you're an Aries. Know. How can you be an Aries? You talk. I'm going to check this. <laughs> so finance. Um, all right. So I'll talk about the point where it actually, so it, where, where it really started becoming a thing for me. So I was, bearing in mind, I am considerably younger than Sasha. Um, <laughs> so I was around. To be clear, he's only four years younger than me. Yeah. I look so much younger than you, though. So around four years ago. <laughs> I, uh, I I started going through a lot of like reading. Let me just answer your question. You're an Aries. I fucking know. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Keep going. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really interested in your response. <laughs> that sounded so, so sick. I'm really interested in your response. Um, <laughs> so, right. To answer the question. So, Around four or five years ago, I started reading a lot of like self development books and stuff because 
life change of becoming a manager, like all, all this kind of stuff where I was like, I want to better myself. I want to be the best possible X, Y, Z that I wanted to be. And one thing that I have always struggled with or particularly uh, highlighted as much from when I was at uni is the fact that I did just piss away money. And I didn't have mm-hmm. savings. I had like a couple of grand in like uni debt and things. Um, I had a, a young child and that obviously doesn't help with your income and stuff. So um, I read, uh, what's his name? Because I can see it there. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and it kind of, it was, it was one thing that just, it's so simple, but it just changed my perspective on money. Because I think I'd grown up not really having much financial knowledge and I'd never really been hard off for cash. Like, I'm, I don't want to make myself sound privileged. My, my, my parents were good to me, but I've always worked like the minute I turned 13, I got a paper round. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 15, I was working part-time in an estate agent and I had a paper round that I was selling for other people. So I was, I was 15, I was getting like 50 quid a week, which was awesome like, mm-hmm. to, to me and my friends. Um, and I always liked the idea of hustling for money and earning what I can get. And mm-hmm. like, I'd rather, I'd rather know that I'd earned the money I got rather than like borrowing it from everyone. Yeah. So when it came around to uni and obviously you get introduced to like maintenance loans and, and just um, like the actual uni debt that you get and everything else. Even then I was sort of working because I needed money while a lot of my friends were, you know, on, but not on like different loans and things. And um, I, cause my parents are, like I say, they are quite well off, but I don't get the trickle down effect of that. I've never asked or reached out or wanted that because I've always wanted to stand on my own two feet. I don't know why that's just, I just part of who I am. And, uh, but even so I discovered overdrafts <laughs> That quickly went at uni from like fifty pound in overdraft to like two grand in overdraft, which was like the top limit. Just because I like holidays and nights out and, and different things, I'll I'll earn it back. And it wasn't really until you know I got really really sick of living on the breadline um, with with me, and my ex, and, and my son. And by breadline, I was literally like, we we'd have to manage everything perfectly, like petrol, food, like we barely ate out. Like I couldn't buy. It, it was it was an ex, um, also it was a luxury to buy like a book for myself once a month mm. because it was rich. We had everything balanced just to the point where it was zero. And then I read this book and I was like, oh, so if you actually like find a way to get money working for you and you build things that give you money back while you don't have to keep doing them, then you have a cushion of finance that you can keep leaning on while you do your other things. And just if anyone's not read the book, it's quite it can, it's, it can be a dense book and actually only a few parts of it i think are really like relevant i think there's a lot of like, I unnecessary a, uh, i have a book recommendation that i think is better possibly than that book but okay going. okay um so yeah kind of from then it changed a lot and like i'm definitely not perfect with money it was only a couple of months ago that i actually cleared out all credit card debt um and actually i'm now back in a little credit card debt but mm. that's deliberate and i feel like a lot more in control of it because in order to I don't know if it's the same in America, but in order to get like all your credit scores up and for people to have like a track record and stuff, like I've got the top credit score now. And I yeah, don't. and I don't because I don't have a credit card, which ah, is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I've got no debt, no credit cards, and a shit credit score. Yeah. What? It doesn't make sense. I so know. yeah, I've now got uh, the MacBook that I think I mentioned on here recently. I put that on the credit card and I'm chipping away at that each month just so mm. I can prove to people I can pay stuff back. Mm. Um, and I think. It was, it was definitely that book shifted things. And then I went to like a workshop that was based off of that. That was, it was a, it was not a scam, but it was definitely, it was misleading. So it was like, come to this rich dad, poor dad workshop. And it had these banners and everything. It was like free in Lincoln. So me and this other girl I worked with who read that book were like, 
yeah, okay, we'll go to that. And it was basically just a bunch of real estate agents trying to get you into like angel investing and real estate stuff and all these properties. But they were teaching the points then of like a woman saying, if I want to buy something new or expensive, I'll make sure I have a house that's earning me back money first. So my, my mindset has changed a lot more with it. But also one thing that has come from just, I guess, the last few years of life that I've lived is like, I don't, I'm not a person that lives lots of luxury. I don't, I don't need it. I'm, I'm a man of very, very simple pleasures. Like I'll, I'll spend money on books and things, but I won't, I won't like get the highest end of lots of different things because I know I don't need it. Like the simple thing that's cheap will do. And I'm very, very happy with that. The one thing that I do need to work on that I'm very aware is going to be contributing, contributing to my next level of authordom is valuing myself to the point where I can become say a six figure author because I've always been very, very happy around a certain income. And it's not that I don't believe I can go over that. It's just in my mindset, I'm like, but you don't need more than that because you're living fine at the minute, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that those, those sort of like numbers, it's always felt like other people earn that and not me. Mm -hmm. So I know I, I definitely know there's like work that I need to do in terms of like making myself believe because once you actually like believe that, I know you can unlock it and make that path towards it. I so nearly asked a different question this week. I'm I'm definitely going to ask that next time. Never mind. Keep going. You'll forget. Write it down. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to. But go on. Keep going. But yeah. So no, I know that there is there are different mentalities associated with being able to earn more money. Like a lot of people uh, who are, who I worked with that you know say they were on um, and I'm not pointing any, anywhere out specifically, but say they're on like 25k a year. That's what they need. That's what they get, and that's what they feel they're worth. Like they'll look at like managers who are on like 35, 40, 50 K and they'll, they'll be like, no, I made 25. Like that, that's just where I live. And it's the thing that amazed me was when I actually looked into like the average, um, how the average income, the average salary for it's anyone, really low. it's like 21 K, Yeah. which, you know, you can't live on, but it's not. Who wants to live on that? Yeah. yeah. So, and obviously for anyone listening who is on that, like there's in no way we're disrespecting that at all. But it's definitely a case of no. But it, it, I do think, you know, when you have a, a salary that's you know over fifty k or over seventy k, like it, it, your happiness doesn't necessarily change, but no. it, life is easier. So, like for example, if your tire bursts or whatever, yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. have to the worry about first, where. Yeah. yeah, like when you're still earning like fifteen grand or twenty grand or whatever. Like there, I like I remember earning that. And, and worrying constantly about if I if something was gonna go wrong or the washing machine was gonna break or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so nice yeah, there like is no disrespect. Yeah. It is more about like stress, like yeah. financial stress on you. It definitely needs to be a case of like if I did get any extra income, I would automatically just spend it on stuff that I didn't really need because mm. they're just like at one point this is no at one point I got a four hundred pound bonus from um my old job because I got like some achievement award for good basically being good at my job and uh I had that been me a year or two before I would have like spent it on like a playstation or games or some stuff and what I ended up doing with that was I ended up buying everyone on my team like a gift and then putting the rest of it away into savings that's so you I know and uh like my mum I was talking to my mum today and she's basically without going like into the ins and outs of how mum and dad work my, my dad basically like got a bonus thing and gave her 300 quid and in my head and I know she's very different in different lives but in but straight away she was like 
I need to find something to spend this on. And she went out into shops and she was looking, she was moaning because she was like, I just couldn't find anything. I was looking for bags, I was looking for shoes, I was looking for this. And I came back, I spent seven pounds in Primark on this skirt that I liked. And I'm like, but you don't have to spend it. Mm. And like for me, I'm 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 getting to a position where I'm I want to look into like investing and finding ways to like put money away so it can make me money back. And I think we we've spoken briefly about like the fact that we don't get pensions because mm. it's, it's self-employed. So we have to actively think ahead to the future. So I think in a very round, like long-winded way, um, I've gone from believing money needs to be spent straight away or money can be used as like a status symbol um, and just getting rid of it to being in a position in which you appreciate every scrap of money that you have and now getting to a position where I'm trying to come to terms with the idea that I could potentially earn a lot more and try and find a way to be comfortable with it. Could potentially could. no. Nothing is guaranteed in this no, life. No, you will remember that. No, you will. <laughs> you will. Oh, you're done. Oh, it's you. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh... you're a Pisces. <laughs> you're in March, right? March babies are Pisces. Also, you're a creative, and like so, I literally like so many people I know who are creatives and writers are also Pisces. Very stubborn and hot-headed. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And well, yeah, but. So am I, and come on, like I'm like rage queen, you know. I, it always surprises me that I'm not an Aries. Anyway, you're only just an Aries as well by five days. Um, what was the question? Oh yeah, money. Um, okay, so I have had a very roller coaster relationship with money. So didn't have very much growing up, but um, my mum more or less protected me from that. So I always had everything I needed um, and my mum would sacrifice things herself in order for me to go on school trips or whatever so um, my mum was always very militant about money and she would always say save a, th save a third spend a third use a third mm. and that's how she's always gone through her life and um, you know she she's she is exceptionally good with money um, I however went to uni and got loads of uni loans because that's what uni. you do you have to pay for your thing and you know no one I, educates you on it before you go to uni exactly exactly and but like you funnily enough I also had a job from 13 and mm. I continued to have a job and I've only had one period in my life where I haven't oh well two so I had two periods in my life where I didn't work the first one was uh, most of my final year of uni because I wanted to get a first class degree and so obviously Oh God, that's so me, isn't it? Oh, now I feel so called out, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so my family supported me so that I could do that. So I didn't work for most of that year and I got my degree, so that's good. And then the other time was when I was on maternity leave, but I still had the job. I was just mm. being a milk machine for nine months. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I have always had to work for money and earn it. And so I've always valued money. Um, I have always felt like I should have a lot of money and I never seem to have had a lot of money so I'm like different to you like I know I'm gonna earn six figures and more I just I I know that uh, there is no question in my mind that is something that I am 100% assured of um the problem is I still find it really hard to value myself mm. so there's this strange juxtaposition in that like I know at some point in my future I will earn that money and it's funny I was talking to Chris Kane on her podcast the other day and like I know it literally because I'm going to do it to spite somebody I used to work for <laughs> so like literally the only reason I'm going to do it is because I 
fucking hate someone <laughs> I used to work for and they earn like a certain number and I'm like I will not fucking stop I will not fucking rest until I beat them just because then I will be righteous oh, and yeah I'm like so petty anyway no also though like I remember at 12 writing on my wall in my bedroom that I would have a six-figure business like I still remember a doing very that. different childhood I know I know but like it's <laughs> Lord so of the rings is awesome <laughs> <laughs> It, but it was such an arbitrary figure. Like, there is no reason for me having picked six figures. <laughs> what 12-year-old? Go on. I know. Well, come on. Like, sure. we're all a bit weird, aren't we? And, um, yeah, and I still <laughs> I still remember it. But the re- my reasons for that are that um, I want enough money to both, like, be able to give my son's son some inheritance, be able to look after my elderly ass, and also look after my mum. Because, you know, my mum has helped us buy this house. Mm. And so she, I know that she's going to need looking after and I want to give her that. So that, you know, it is an arbitrary figure. And I'm sure I could probably do it with slightly less money or whatever. But I, that, I have always got that in my mind. And I, I worry what my mindset's going to do when I get there. Because just like having quit my job, I like spiraled afterwards because you achieve such a massive goal. And then, and then what? Anyway, that's for a different um, podcast. But yeah, so my relationship with money has been up and down because as I was saying I went to uni and I had uni debt and I think I had about 16 grand of uni debt and then um we were told that um I might not be able to have kids and so we then had to spend loads of money on fertility treatments which then turns out I was absolutely fine fertility wise but we were already pregnant I had already spent another 12 grand so um that was then like another 12 grand in debt and then and then because um we had a kid and I, my job uh, required me to do regional work. So I was like driving all around the, the east of England. Um, I had to buy a car. So I then mm. had another 12 grand of debt. So I had like 45 grand's worth of debt. And it was fucking awful because I was shelling out like 800 quid a month in debt, debt repayments. And like that was basically all of my income, all of my spare income. And, um, but, and this is where our journeys merge. I also read a book um but I read The Barefoot Investor I don't know if you've heard of it by an Australian guy it was amazing and um some of my financial journey had already been influenced by the indie world and some was by that book so that book kind of helped me to really consolidate um like the debt things and I think I ended up paying off 45 grand worth of debt in about three and a half four years like I don't really know how I did it but yeah anyway it all went and then that enabled me to leave my job um but there are some principles that I took from it and those are the things that I think I want to share so so for me life is all about passive income yes so and I'm sure you guys get the like concept you're falling off sorry sorry so you just want me to be close don't you um (laughs) so yeah um Passive income, yeah. So for me, it's about sitting here. We are sitting here and we are earning money. And that is fucking awesome. Yeah. And and that's what I want. So any, like, I know my, I want to invest in properties and have also an investment portfolio. Yeah. And and that's because like the royalties. Let's build a hotel. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, (laughs) that we can have like writing retreats in. Fuck it. Let's Mm. actually buy a writing retreat building. Let's talk. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I'm, and those are all passive in, income generators. And so I want to get to a point where I you have talk been... talk to a camera now, I'm, I'm in another world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. No, but I want to get to a point where I can choose to work. I don't have to work because I need to make sure I make ends meet each month. I want to get to a point where I have the power to choose if I want to work or if I want to work in Bali 
or Thailand or wherever. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is um, to always spend, no, always, always, wait, <laughs> how does it work? So I want to always need as little as possible. So I guess like the fire movement, financial independence retire early I, I minimize like, yeah, yeah minimize your expenditure so one of the reasons one of the ways I got out of debt by was in one of the re ways I got to leaving my job was by requiring as little as possible hell yeah that's such a huge just pause there because I, I think that's one of the biggest obstacles that people face is a lot of people who they they they're desperate to leave their job and get to a position where they can right I think it's something so simple that a lot mm. of people just don't think of is well, if you need less, then you just need less. Like, yeah, and it's easier to earn less than it is. Absolutely. So, like, so just... in the finance book, I give the, I think I use two grand as the figure. Like, let's say you need £1,200 mm. to um, live, to pay your mortgage or rent, to pay your food bills, your gas metric, all of that stuff, to give you, like, and, and some money in there for, ex for expenditure, for fun things. If you then have 800 quid, like I had 800 quid that I was paying off every month, yeah. you actually need two grand every month. Mm -hmm. Earning two grand as an author is a fuckload harder than earning 1,200 pound a mm -hmm. month. So like that's the example that I like yeah. to give to say, you know, actually that one of the quickest ways to leave your job to be able to do this full time is just to need less money and yes. therefore pay off your debt. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I suppose those two are probably the biggest ones. Like there are lots of other little money mindset things that um, I've done. And one of the things that um, Robert Kiyosaki, or yes. his name is, yeah. Kiyosaki, um, says is that there are two kinds of money problem. Um, either you have too much money or not enough money, and you get to choose which one you want. I definitely want too much money. That is the problem. Oh, I don't think want I have that on my desk. That's what that pink post-it is. On there the are two kinds of money. <laughs> there it is. Which problem do you want? Yeah. yeah. See, my... One of my, what was a worry and isn't my worry anymore so much for me is I know people um, who have gone from zero to having lots and lots of money and they, it's fundamentally changed who they are as people mm. into people that I don't really like. Um, and that's one thing that I did worry about of myself, but I can't remember who said it, but there was something I listened to at one point, I think it was some podcast was basically saying that people who rise and get lots and lots of money basically money doesn't change a person it just highlights who you are mm. so if you're basically a dick when you're poor you're going to be an uber dick when you're rich yeah. and vice versa if you're like a nice person when you're when you're poor you're going to be i think it also matters why you want money yeah like yeah, i want money to be able to help my family mm. and and you know know that we don't have to worry about needing a tire or a yeah. new washing machine yeah. or whatever like that's why i want money and also to be able to give my son experiences that my mum gave me like my you know when i was a kid i got to go to russia and israel and like insane and we had fuck all like honestly we had no money and i still had those experiences and that's because of how hard my mum worked and that's why i want to be able to give that to my son like i would love to be able to take my son away for six weeks every summer yeah. you know just because we can and because my business is flexible enough to do that. Um, but also the other thing that I want to say about money is that um, I, you know how like they, you know, we talk about um, things that you want, you need to almost like a mantra, like habit in yes. your life. So I think about money all the time. Like I, I think about, you know, I read finance books. I look at investing options. I, you know, I keep money in my mind and I, always try to attract money to me mm. so um yeah and and i think that's one of the reasons that like and also like i know this is really hippie but um i genuinely sometimes you know when you're like oh my god i really need like x amount of money because my 
fucking carved coolant things just gone. Yeah. True story. Boom, speaking gig. Here's another five hundred quid. Yeah. You know, and that like I genuinely think that does happen. Like yeah. if you if you put it out in the world. So yeah, we have witted on for quite a while. Yeah, I think one one extra thing I do want to say just to before we round it out is that um, there was there was a, a long period of like of time, particularly when I was you know sharing money with someone else and you know, raising a kid and all that where. I genuinely believed that like I was just shit at money and I would just never get good at it. Yeah, and that all, is a really bad mindset to have. Yeah, and because money was just slipping through our fingers and nothing we could do. Um, and what it actually turned out to be was basically a manifestation of the fact that we couldn't communicate, which came out that we were just spending money at stupid things and weren't really talking about it. Um, but now I'm in a position where I'm still not 100% with money, but I, I've learned to overcome those obstacles that were stopping us um, and stopping me particularly thinking that I just couldn't deal with money. Like, I'm not perfect with it now, but I'm definitely a hell of a lot better than I am. And this just takes time to... Yeah, oh my God, let me completely agree with you. Because, like, I know I'm, I am talk a good game, but, um, like, I'm not wealthy by any means. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I am not... I still struggle to save. To see all the shit behind the camera. Like. <laughs> Stop it. No, no, but, like, genuinely, look, that's my biggest blocker now is being better at saving or investing or, you know, whatever. Like, and, and this is why I think my savings is going to be by investment so like I if I have a goal to like buy a second house in x many years I will be very able to save the money to do yeah. that but then I'll have to spend it on the house like yes. if I still struggle not to spend money um but I only spend money that I have so but mm. anyway my point is is that I am not perfect I this is I will have to work on that my whole life mm. and that's okay I've you know come to, come I, to I'd be again. so interested in reading a book about your financial journey <laughs> oh! <laughs> is that a that? genuine? <laughs> you oh, you're amazing, Richie. That's so funny. <laughs> what a coincidence. Okay, so guys, that one. Yeah. Yeah, you're just taking all my fucking books off the table. Um, so yeah, it has cut it off on the top and the bottom. <laughs> Poor Jay's name is like half cut off and so is personal finance. But anyway, this is my uh, latest book. So nine things career authors don't do personal finance. I co-wrote it with Jay Thorne, who is an absolute legend. And um, yeah, so. I have read this and it is very, very enlightening. So I know that none of this was like, it sounds really cheap. None of this was actually planned. No, um, yeah, no. But <laughs> That's the of, hilarious thing. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of just generally like useful practical stuff from yeah and like mindset stuff and also stuff um you know i i shared a lot of personal things about my own personal journey yes. and um so yeah like it, it is a, a deep insight into psyche and money and how you can get out of your job quicker i suppose as well and just a bit of a kick up the arse which is very on brand for me hmm. i think <laughs> people get the book oh yeah uh on amazon so this one at the moment is in uh Kindle yeah, it's in Kindle Unlimited. Uh, so at the moment, it's only on Amazon. It may or may not go wider later. But uh, yes, if you would like to read it, which you really should, then you can go get it on Amazon. So back to our uh, running order. <laughs> oh my God, like it opened up to your fucking star sign again. Yay. I still can't get over the fact. I feel so disappointed. My whole life is a lie. I genuinely thought you were a Pisces. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to level up our business this week, darling? Um, I think we need to have quite the conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I uh, I will need to, because I will have 
picked all my stories, I'll need to contact all of the authors, let them know what the deal is, and also get considerably through edits or possible edits for the book and putting that together. Um, and at the same time, uh, I'll say I will have done 5K of my productivity book as well. Wow. 5K new or 5K total? Just so that we're new. clear. Five new yeah. thousand words. That's I'm cool. on a thousand at the minute. Okay. So this week, I will only have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I'm not counting today or tomorrow. Because I have four days. Anyway, uh, I will... To do what? Well, because like tomorrow's gone with like podcasts and meetings. Okay. So I'm saying I have less time. So I, I'm trying to measure what I do so I don't have a forfeit. <laughs> but it's Thursday today. Yeah, I know. Go on. You, you, well, what, I don't understand what your point nothing. is. Nothing. What, okay, what are you going to get done? What is going on? No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, Daniel. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, we just spend most of your life like that. Um, okay, so I am going to do more edits on Trey. Ha <laughs> ha. And I'm going to continue working on the course filming and stuff. Sweet. Cool. That's it. What's what are the we question? asking? The, uh... Yeah, how should we word it? What is your relationship with money? Or oh, finance. That simple. I think so. Fine. What is your relationship with money? Okay. Bye bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. Controversial. Mm. World's controversial. Mm. I like a bit of controversy. I'm just going to text while you do stuff. <laughs>